update, they are never too far away. Give them a call at 405-364-7900 or visit them on the web at orthonorman.com for appointments or more information. It's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got an opinion? You can call the show on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Rush is back. Final hour. Teddy Lehman here. Tyler McComas. Separate locations today. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino. Tyler's over there at Mitchell's Jewelry. Been heavy on the Sooners today. Um, I stopped by practice. Checked out the team a little bit. Yes, every day. Um, A lot of good stuff going on out there. Uh, Wide receiver group. Look good. A couple of guys are are standouts there. Offensive line is looking good and looking deep. Uh, that's really good. Defensive line. The, the defensive line, I think, is – I think that's still the group that is showing good, strong signs, uh, has a lot of potential, maybe yet to be determined what we end up with out of that group, but trending in the right direction. Um Inside yeah. backer, I think, is going to be that's, – that's going to be a position that we need a lot of growth between now and Nebraska. Let me real, – real quick, back to the offensive line. So when you say that you've heard nice things – well, you heard today from people that were at practice, that's the best position group on the team which I was in shock over that. I'm ha- very happy to hear it. I was just very surprised to, to hear that. Are they saying that that's the five that they think are going to start, or are they looking at that from an entire, you know, look at the position, like the, the, the two deep, the ten guys that they have? They don't like just the starting five. They like the five guys that are behind them as well. Is like that accurate, or are they just like the starting group? Both. Both they like the starting five, but they also think that they've got incredible depth, which yep. makes me think that um, a couple of those true freshmen rolling in this year are really, really impressive. Yeah, they are. Jacob they Sexton are. and yep. Jake Taylor. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. They look good. Did get to see some of those guys. They look good. Uh, and surprisingly have – it seems like been able to pick it up pretty quickly. It's not easy, man. And especially, I don't think Jake Taylor wasn't here in the spring, was he? Or were either one of them? Um, oh, I can't remember I if Jake Taylor was here in the spring or not. That's a good question. I'll have to go back and think about that one. But regardless, I don't if think they he were, was I mean, because I feel like he was like maybe at the spring game or something like he was just like so happy to be there that he was finally coming in for the first time. I I felt like I I could be wrong about that, but I don't know. 
regardless, both those guys are looking good. Yeah, well, if they've got depth on the offensive line, I, I, I said it to you earlier today. You've uh, given out a couple hot takes today, one being that they will beat UTEP, the other one being uh, I can't even remember what the other one was. But my yeah. big hot take today is like, uh, look, if you're if you're hearing and you are that the offensive line is the best position group on the team, and, and if that ends up being true, this team's going to the college football playoff, man. And well, I think why? they're going to the college football playoff that? because because if the offensive line is the best position group on the team, I'm pretty confident I know what they have at receiver. I'm pretty confident I know what they have at running back. I'm pretty confident I know what they have at quarterback as well. But if the offensive line's the best position, those other spots may even exceed my expectations. My expectations were pretty high at those other spots as well. I told you yesterday that there is a possibility, there is a world, where OU ends up being the third best offense in college football this year behind only Alabama and Ohio State. And if not, statistically, just kind of the eyeball test who are the best offenses in the sport. I think... um, I think we're talking about a real possibility. They could be the third-best offense in college football this year if the offense is as good as you've been telling me that it is today. I didn't tell you anything about how good the offense was. Well, you, yeah, you did. You told me that that's what you heard today. I've, I've heard about the offensive line. I made no predictions about how good the offense was going to be. Here's the problem with what you just said. Number one, you know who the third-best offense in the country was last year? Uh, no, I do not off the top of my head, actually. Virginia. And the reason I bring that up is because you went through that whole spiel and you never mentioned one position group, not even a, a mention of the defense, period. This is a team game, man. Come on. There's two sides you, of the football here. What do you mean I didn't mention the defense? I'm, I was telling you who the – why I think they can be the third best offense in college football this no, year. You what does the defense me, have to do with no, that? No, no, no. You were telling me why you thought they were going to be a college football playoff team. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, I, of course I think the defense is going to be better. I think that goes without saying. I'm just thinking, like, the offense, like, that was the biggest question mark on the team that we had. The offensive tackles were was the, was, or still is, the biggest question mark we have. If you're telling me they're the best position group on the team, then they're going to have the third best offense. Yeah, they're going to go to the playoff. And, yes, I think the defense is going to be good too. Right. Try to poke well, holes in my well, I'm just saying, big take. you know, defensively, we got a long ways to go. All right? We've got a long ways to go. Will they get there? Perhaps. Perhaps. But – we're we're a long ways to go right now. And I there's there's reason for that. I get it. You know, spring is it's a little bit easier. It's a, a much slower pace. Um, install is slower. You got a day in between practice to review and you meet and you walk through everything. Training camp, it's it it's coming at you and coming at you fast and it never slows down. You never get a chance to catch your breath and and do a review of everything that you've put in. It's just it continues to come, and they're they're in that right now. And I'll tell you, they're they're not struggling, but it's it's a lot to keep pace with. And I think they'll get there. I think they'll make up a lot of ground, but 
that is still something that has to happen. And, you know, that's going to be a big test for Venables to see how quickly he can get Oklahoma's defense up to speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, it'll be a big test. But, again, as we've talked about for the 50th time this offseason, it won't be a complete product in the first three weeks of the season. But if they just tackle better the first three weeks of the season, it's going to take care of a whole lot of issues that we've seen throughout the past five years. So if, if just that, if that's all they're better at in the first three weeks, I'll take that in hopes that they continue to progress throughout the rest of the season. And I think that they will. I, I, I fully expect this team to look, I don't know, look completely different because I think they're going to be pretty good out of the gates. But, you know, last two years we saw a team, really last year we saw a team that didn't hit November and got better. It kind of got worse and worse as the season went on. I, I, that's, it's going to be the exact opposite next year. Week-to-week yeah. improvement, I think, is what you're going to see with this squad. Right. Um, I'm just thinking about the defense. And guys like Redmond will have his best year as a Sooner. Deshaun White will have his best year as a Sooner. I know it's only his second, but Bowman will have his best year as a Sooner. Uh, Harrington will have his best year as a Sooner. Josh Ellison, Stripling, uh, Grimes. I, there's a bunch of these guys that are going to have their best year, but, you know, for, a bu- for, for most of them it's going to be, like, really their first shot at it. Like Bowman, he played last year as a true freshman, but it, w- it wasn't the – it's hard to – to put anything on that year for him. You know what I'm saying? Um, Harrington didn't get any run. So to say it's going to be his best year is not a stretch, but he's going to be a dude. Um, Deshaun White has played a ton of football here, a ton. And I think he's I think he's going to have his, his best year. I do. That's I think that's saying something. Did we lose Tyler? I'm back. Oh, ah, I'm back. There we go. All right. Yeah. I, I know that you were going on a spiel about how uh, impressive the defense is, uh, is going no, to no, be. No, 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 no. By the way. No, you- I was just talking about – I was going through some different guys that I think are going to have their best years. Uh, and and I think the, the, the list is interesting. A lot of guys, it's really going to be their first years. And some guys played – some last like Bowman played last year, but it's hard to really, it's hard to really put anything on that year. Uh, he'll be better this year by far. But uh, the one guy that I'm excited about is Deshaun White. I think Deshaun White's going to have his best year as a senior, and, and he's played a ton of football here. Yeah, he has. Uh, by the way, did you know that Dylan Gabriel is one of the 25 most important players in this year's uh, 2022 college football playoff race? Not my prediction. That's ESPN's prediction. That he is like one of the ten, I think he's actually in the top ten, one of the ten most important players in this year's college football playoff race. And if that's yeah, the case, I knew that. if Dylan Gabriel is that critical to the college football playoff race, oh, buddy, 
Uh, me thinks my prediction of this team going to the college football playoff, I feel even better about it. He is number six on the list. Who's number one? Number one on this list? Oh, my God. <sighs> okay. Outside of Quinn Ewers, what's the most annoying person being at number one that you can think of? Well, it, 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 more of, like, what position on what team would make you roll your eyes the most? Is it Caleb Williams? No, I mean, he is all, he's high up on the list. Max Johnson and Haynes King at Texas A&M. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, they'll be really important after they lose at home to Miami in, like, week two of the season, I think, is that game. Week two or three. Yeah, they're really oh, important. Oh, my gosh. God. Oh, that is so funny. Well, they're not important at all because A&M is not beating – Alabama and the SEC West. So you can remove those guys. They are not number one. Yeah. They're uh, also not beating um, Arkansas. <laughs> uh, they may not beat Mississippi State and Ole Miss, just like they did last year when they went over in the state of Mississippi. Hell, they may not even beat LSU this year. LSU might be a decent team at the end of the season when they play them. I, They'll be I'm better not kidding, at quarterback. Man. I'm not kidding. Like, I am an A&M hater. Everyone that listens to the show knows that. Um, let's see, Bama, the two Mississippi schools, Arkansas and LSU. A&M is like, might be picked preseason number six. They might finish number six in their own division in the SEC West this year. Would not be surprised if that were the case. I know that's a yeah. little extreme, but there's a scenario where that could happen for A&M this year. Then, do you think they'll lose uh, five straight, Miami, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Alabama, and then South Carolina? I don't know, but if I had three wishes, I'd use two of them on wishing <laughs> that A&M would lose five straight. I assure well, you of that. You don't, have to, you don't have to use all three wishes. You don't even have to use two. You just have to – they're going to lose against Arkansas – you just have to wish for uh, wish for Mississippi State, South Carolina, and uh, maybe Miami too. I don't know, but uh, it's funny. It's I, it's that's so funny that they have that as number one. I think uh, number one would probably when it comes to the playoff race, it always comes down to Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame means more to the playoff race than anyone else. Because, no doubt. No doubt. Because usually it's like one lost conference champ and you're in. But if Notre Dame is a one-loss team, you're not in, and it changes the whole dynamic of everything. So I would I would take Notre Dame's quarterback or or wh- yeah whatever. And, and they do yeah. and they do have him at number two so yeah. you know and, and I think that they, they should probably be number one but you're right we always talk about well here's the four teams um but Notre Dame though they don't have to play that championship game and you know if they're a one loss team at the end of the year they're gonna get in the thing the committee wants Notre Dame in all the time so. They're always they're always the outlier, and I'm wondering if that's ever going to change. Because it sounds like they have the opinion right now of, yeah, we could join the Big Ten, but we have, we may have more power as an independent than we've ever had before. I don't know if that's yeah. accurate or not, but that seems to be at least so, you know some of the thinking that they have. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the rest of the list? Anything else interesting on the list? 
Uh, I mean, Spencer Rattler was at 23. I just – I'm rooting for South Carolina to have a really uh, good year. I, I just – I don't think South Carolina is really going to be a part of the, the big picture at all. No, I, I agree. Same. It's uh, – I don't know. I guess 25, you're getting pretty far down there. So – Yeah. Uh, Casey Thompson rather. was at 21, which – Again, I don't think Nebraska is going to be in any sort of a playoff picture, but could they knock off Oklahoma in week three? I mean, that's where I think Casey Thompson could affect the college football playoff well, picture. Not his team, but knocking off a team like OU. Like, Here's one that I think should be way higher. They have Hendon Hooker at 20. Like, Tennessee, it, it, they have Hendon Hooker at 20, but they have Tennessee – with the second-best offense in the country, right? In, wasn't that an ESPN graphic that did that? I think so, yeah. I, th- think about that. Tennessee, uh, if they if they legitimately have the second-best offense in the country, and I think there's a chance that they may, I, they're going to they're gonna possibly knock someone out of it. Uh, whenever you look at their schedule, whether it's um, – whether it's – Alabama coming to their place, they go to Georgia. Like those are games that have have an immediate impact on the playoff. And if their offense is as good as I think it's going to be and others think it's going to be, like like it, that doesn't mean that they're going to make it, but they could they could absolutely have a massive impact on what happens for the for the playoff race. Yeah. Yeah, um like a linebacker from USC is at number 11, Eric Gentry. It's just ridiculous. Like, if USC, and this isn't going to happen, spoiler alert, USC is not going to be a part of the college football playoff picture. But if they are, it ain't going to be because of the defense or some random linebacker they have. It's going to have to be because they outscore everyone like OU did back in 2018. I just, for the life of me, I don't understand some of these rankings. Well, <laughs> I'll just tell you right now, Eric Gentry is not going to have any impact on the college football exactly. playoff <laughs> Exactly. Nor is anyone else on the USC defense. Uh, nor is anybody else on the USC football team. Uh, yeah. The only way they have, I guess the only way they have an impact, a chance to impact it is if, like, somehow – they were Notre Dame already had a loss, and they were able to beat Notre Dame in the final game of the season and knock them out. Like they're not going to be in, but they may knock Notre Dame out and have a big impact on on how it all unfolds. But um, Eric Gentry, their defense at USC is going to be horrible. It just is. That's that's yeah, just the it is. And, and I like the staff. I like those guys out there. And they they have – if you think they had their hands full coming to OU, I, it is ten times worse with what they have at USC defensively. Their offense be is going to be good, but – yeah. Would it be inappropriate if I use this opportunity to bash Lincoln real quick before we hit a break? Is that okay? I don't know why this would be different than any okay. of the other opportunities I... that you take. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I just find it interesting as I, you know, look through the team rankings and recruiting. And 
I see a whole lot of other first-year head coaches that aren't at the mecca of college football that have higher-ranked recruiting classes than him. I, Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame's got the number one class. Brian Kelly at LSU's got a top ten class. Britt Venables at OU has a top ten class. Mario Cristobal at Miami has a top ten class. And those are good jobs and places you can easily recruit to, but I was just led to believe that USC is the best job in the country and you can get anyone you want from the West Coast out there. And I don't know, I, I see Billy Napier at Florida uh, right on Lincoln Riley's Hill. So just find it interesting that he's not just totally changing the game and recruiting for the 23 class like I was told by so many people that he was going to do. Just well, find it a little I think interesting. they're going to get a late surge probably, don't you think? I, they I don't know. I, they've struck out on a lot of targets. I mean, do I think that they'll get some more players down the stretch? Yes, but I just don't think that there's a there's not a whole lot of four- and five-star uncommitted players left that are still on the radar. I mean, there's some, sure, but a lot of kids have, you know, kind of already committed by now. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what they can do, see what they can pull off. Um, see if they, They're trying to do something – I saw with their collective to where the school runs it. Have you seen that? No, I have not, actually. It's, uh, I don't know. I I didn't see all the details to that, which, you know, that seems, I don't know how that uh, really meshes with the NCAA guidelines, so I don't know what's going on there. That was was kind of an interesting little note that I had seen. Uh, All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Tyler's there at Mitchell's Jewelry. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino. Final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. I'm at Mitchell's Jewelry here in Norman, 2201 West Main Street for the Antwerp Diamond event. One of the biggest events of the year is underway. Underway today through Saturday at 5 o'clock. So come in, get the good deals, and get the best diamonds here at Mitchell's in Norman, 2201 West Main Street. Teddy is at the Newcastle Casino. I know, look, I know you're going to roll your eyes a little bit at this, but yes, our conversations from today, your takes about practice have ended up on at least one OU message board. But it is funny because we read a Texas message board yesterday with notes from their practice, and it sounds like they're kind of god awful on offense. Nebraska's OC is basically saying, yeah, guys felt sorry for themselves today. They're not very good. And then if people go to the OU message boards, it's, oh, geez, they might win the national championship this year. So stark difference, I guess, from what two of OU's opponents in the first six weeks of the season. Well, I want to know what was put on the message boards because it never, ever matches with what I've actually said. Yeah, and that's the case here. Um, <laughs> the title is Teddy Very Impressed with Thesis Positions. It's uh, Log Dog. Um, <laughs> Log Dog. That's this guy's third person's nice. name. So Teddy, after attending practice today, says that the receiving core is electric. It, it, and this post is cut off, so I can't see everything. Well, maybe receivers that's you ain't going to be able to take them on one-on-one, no way, like Randy Moss. They're one of the strong points so far in fall practice. Also mention the D-line and backers. Uh, the dude knows football. He knows what he's talking about. And for Teddy right now, bring on the college football playoff. Mm. There was a mention of Randy Moss in there, and I just threw that in as a joke. But I guess someone thought that that's what we were saying. Well, right. 
Yes. Um, I guess that's a that's a, a Cliff's Notes version. But, hey, uh, I will say there, there was some good stuff going on there. Uh, plenty of good, plenty of good stuff to build on. So uh, I'm not making any predictions. I still feel good about my – uh, my 11 and one chance to make the playoff. Like if I had to just pick what I think they're going to be, that's what I would say. Nothing has changed in that department. There's some parts about what I saw that make me feel really good about that. There's parts that I saw today that make me say, uh, if if we don't get better here, then that's going to be really difficult to pull off. So all in which all, is where inside backer. Uh, yeah, inside backer, safety, spots. Safety, really, huh? Yeah. I Which, was kind you know, of I, uh, factoring in safety is going to be pretty good this year. Yeah. And they may be, I, feel, I know, I know. Yeah, I, they just, they've got a lot, of, a lot of ground to make up. And as I've said, and I've got to repeat this constantly because any time I don't repeat it over and over, it makes its way onto the message board as I've said something that I have not. Um, they've got a long way to go because they're learning a very intricate defense, and it takes time to be able to get it all down and play it all properly. And the hardest spots, the spots that have to deal with the most mentally are inside backer and safety. So that's why those places are maybe lagging behind a little bit D-line, do you have? can you play with great technique, and do you have the physical ability to do it? Corner, for the most part, do you have the physical ability to do it, and can you play with great technique? You know, that's, that's kind of what you get. Inside backer and safety, that's where all of the adjustments are made. That's where all of the, the change happens on motions and on shifts and what safety's down, who's high. What gaps are we in? What responsibilities have changed on, on a given motion or a shift? Or like, That's where all of the movement happens mentally. And right now, they're struggling with that. But, again, totally, totally normal. Yeah. Um, by the way, I got bad news for you. I think you yeah. know this. But it doesn't matter how many times you say something. You could say it over and over again. It's still going to get um, misrepresented on the message boards. Yeah. It does not matter. You know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that for sure. It's 100% going to happen every single time. Every single time. Which, hey, that's all right. We will take the publicity on whichever message board you prefer. We will take your publicity. Please talk about the show and spread the good news about the ref. That we don't talk about lame Thunder basketball, right? That we'll actually talk about OU football in college football. Spread the word. Because so many people out there right now are, thank God for the ref. They're a lifesaver. They actually talk about OU and college football and not the OKC Thunder (laughs) summer basketball schedule. Is the summer league going on right now or is that over? That's over, hey, right? At that the, a long Teddy, time ago. At, the, at the Sports Animal, the Summer League is always going on. It's always oh, man, going which on. Which reminds me, I, I, I've got a story for you at some point off the air you'll, that you will just absolutely love. You'll think it's hilarious. 
Um, Good. I'm, I, I can go, probably go ahead and guess on who, who said what you're probably going to tell me. Uh, <laughs> what else? Any other practice notes you care to get to? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to revisit the biggest camp storylines. I guess we've done that today. Offensive line was the biggest camp storyline. Sounds like that one's going pretty well. Yeah. Um, I think defensive line was probably the, the second biggest camp storyline. That one's going really well, too. I Look, you've got to get better at other positions, okay? You've got to get better at inside backer. you got to, you got to get better at safety, like all, all that, yes. But if you would have just told me, like, hey, the offensive line and the defensive line, they're going to have amazing camps. There's going to be a lot of growth in those two positions. I take that right there. Everything else is just kind of icing on top after that to me. Because if those two yeah. positions are good, then everything else is going to take care of itself on this team. Yeah. They're getting some good play. Man, there was even um, – there was a there was a true freshman interior D lineman that – and I don't know what type of camp he's had, but he was showing up everywhere today. He, he had himself a nice little day of practice. Um, I don't know if that was like a, a one-off or he's been stacking good practices one after another, but uh, it was, was pretty impressive. Was he number 56? Yep. Do you remember? Grayson Halton is who you're thinking of, freshman yeah. from San Diego, 6'2", 276. He had a really nice day, really, really nice day. He is – he can – he's he's explosive and he can run. He's got a motor. He flies to the football. He looked pretty good in some uh, some one-on-one pass rush drills. He had a, he had a nice day. Well, it sounds like this true freshman class is uh, kind of making their impact felt right away. And yeah, there, there's definitely nothing some else, guys God, that are playing well. It, it it is breeding some competition. Look, I, I don't want to get too far out over my skis here. I don't, and I don't think that this is some <laughs> oh, like you? bold never. proclamation. That never happens. I was waiting for that comment. I know. As soon as I said it, I said, I'm going to get checked on that real quick. But <laughs> this feels like the most competition they've had in training camp in quite some time. I'm, yeah, I'm sure that's the case. I'm sure that's the case. Uh, you know, especially like defensively, competition. Well, I'd say there's competition. There's there's pretty good competition everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's um, it's guys are pushing, but you know they're not ready. You know that the older player, someone that's a little more established, is more consistent. And the younger guy is, like when you're young, like it's never okay to make mistakes. But it's more, it's a little more expected and accepted from the staff so whenever a young guy makes a couple of big plays it tends to stand out because the mistakes are overlooked a little bit more than they are for veteran guys when a veteran guy makes a mistake it's like dude you've been here three years i this is stuff that you should know i i know it's a different defense but like you know the lingo you know how this game is played you shouldn't be making mistakes like that. So, like, you tend to get more more positives that come out from younger guys and more negatives from older guys because, like, the mistakes are looked at 
way more intently, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's uh, why you typically hear, like, young guys is like, oh, man, the young guys are great. It's because, yeah, he made two plays, but he lined up in the wrong spot the other seven times he was out there. So that's not exactly a good day. Yeah, we'll get some text coming up on the other side. Uh, but we are, I think, officially past the incident that we spent all of Monday and all of Tuesday on. What, the I don't, uh, I, I, Trump raid? <laughs> yes, that, yes, exactly, yes. Oh. It took us all of Monday and all of Tuesday to get past that, but finally on Thursday at 5.30, we finally done it. Uh, all right, quick timeout, a couple of segments left. Uh, Tyler's there at Mitchell's Jewelry. I'm hanging out here at Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. A couple more segments remaining. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I'm at Mitchell's Jewelry here in Norman, 2201 West Main Street. Teddy is at the Newcastle Casino. Man, there's some good college football games this year, and if you're trying to buy them right now, tickets to some of these games, you're going to have to pay a pretty high price. Uh, StubHub, StubHub's top college games by resale ticket demand, Teddy. Alabama and Texas is the most expensive game for a ticket right now, LOL, on the secondary market, $569. I'm guessing that this is the average ticket price list. But $569 to go see a game that's going to be over at the end of the first quarter. Right. Uh, That's, um, hmm. My guess is that there's a lot of Texas fans that every year buy into the hype and want to be there for that game whenever they burst back onto the national scene uh, by beating Alabama, right? That's probably why that ticket price is so high. I also think the demand for Alabama fans is why that game's so high. I mean, they, they got a large fan base, and they travel. They got fans everywhere. But I think, think about this, too. Like, they have cool road trips in the SEC, but they're always playing neutral site games. Right. You know, like a big true. non-con game. So this is their first trip in a while where they get to go on an actual campus, it feels like. Plus, I feel like a road trip to Texas is so much like their program overhyped. Like it sounds right. good in theory, right? Like, oh, cool, man. Going to see a game at Texas would be awesome. And it's just not, it's not a football town. Austin's not a football town. And going to Austin's a good time. And I'm sure that when, with Alabama in town, it'll be a, a decent game day experience. But I, I think that ticket price is so high because of Alabama fans. Well, so isn't, isn't Austin kind of you – isn't it a lot like Nashville in a sense? Like, like people that like to go watch live music and stuff and – I. Like that scene is probably you'll go there for that scene as well. Not that like the game day scene is going to like to go to Vanderbilt is going to be awesome. Right. Not right, because yeah, yeah. it's going to be some great game day scene, but because like it, it'd be cool to go see Nashville. Yeah, uh, I, I see the point. It's probably the best example you could have come up with, but Nashville seems like a much better sports town than what Austin is. Yeah, but, yes, but you're we're on the biased. Right track. We hate most everything about Texas, you know. So. True. 
Notre Dame, Ohio State, second most expensive ticket at five hundred and forty bucks. That's going to be a big one, Week One. A and M in Alabama is at number three, five hundred and five bucks. Then you got Oregon and Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, West Virginia, and Pitts, the old backyard brawl, and then Oklahoma at Nebraska, three hundred and forty-five bucks a pop on September seventeenth, wow. or. If you just listened to us a few weeks ago, you rolled over to Huskers.com and just bought them for 150 bucks a pop. I don't yeah. know. Hopefully you got in on that. Yeah, easy. Easy money. Um, the uh, Ohio State Notre Dame is going to be awesome. Uh, I would love to, to see that game. Um, Oregon, Georgia, I think is going to be awesome. Just because the, there's some storylines there, I think Georgia rolls, but I think that would still be a, a good game. Um, what was the other game that I like? Who is it? I'd like to go see Utah, Florida. Utah, Florida I, I, was not on there, but that would still be a real yeah. The, the swamp yeah, would I'm just be talking about jumping good games. that day. That's a yeah. That's a huge game for Utah. Huge. I agree. I agree because that's kind of like a an opportunity for Florida to to bust out a little bit. Uh, I, I'll tell you, and you call out this uh, this bias almost on a daily basis, but Tennessee Alabama would be a game I'd want to go see this year. Uh, is it? In, is it in Tennessee? I um, I think that game is. I think that game's in Tuscaloosa Ten- this year. No, it's in Tennessee. Oh, is it in Knoxville? There, there you go. Yeah. Schedule October fifteenth. Are we off? Are we off that? No, we're off the twenty second, aren't we? Mm. Dang Just it. take that day off. It'll be it'll be fine. Hey, um, yeah. Notre Dame, Ohio State. Yeah, expensive ticket. Going to be an awesome game. But everyone thinks that Ohio State, like the spread's like thirteen or thirteen and a half. People just think like, oh, it's going to be cool for those two teams to play and. Maybe it's going to be close for a half, but come on, Ohio State's going to blow the doors off of them. I do not feel that way at all. No? Um, I think yeah, I think that's going to be an incredible game that comes down to the wire. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm missing. I understand that Ohio State's offense is really good, and Notre Dame's got to retool a little bit on, on offense, but I, I don't know. I, I think Notre Dame's going to be pretty good, and they're going to give Ohio State all they want in that game. Yeah, I don't. I I think Notre Dame is going to be good, but I honestly I don't know a whole heck of a lot about what all they have coming back. Um, I get I haven't done much of a deep dive on on Notre Dame, but I know their defense is going to be solid, just because they develop those players really well on the back end. Uh, they've got really good, always have really good safety play, and Notre Dame has traditionally been really, really good on uh, the lines of scrimmage, offensive line and defensive line. So if those things hold true, it should be a good game. Yeah. The big, the big thing though is the separation, the difference at quarterback for Ohio State and Notre Dame. That 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 is going to be big, true. But I just. <sighs> I'm guess as we get closer to the season, maybe I'm just getting antsy and nervous and trying to make bold proclamations here. But we've just 
shoot in Ohio State as clearly the second best team in college football this year. But then yeah. I look at what they I look at last year, man, and that doesn't have to be kind of you know directly what happens this year, but they were lucky to get out of that Minnesota game in week one with the win. If Minnesota's running back doesn't get hurt, that's a different game. Then Oregon rolls into Ohio Stadium and kind of steamrolls them at home. It was only a seven-point game, but Oregon did whatever they wanted to on the ground that day. Um, then they play Michigan at the end of the year on the road in Ann Arbor, and Michigan absolutely punks them. And then they go play Utah in the Rose Bowl, and they were getting it handed to them, and they come back and win, but they give up 45 points. I just I can see I can see a path here where we're massively like, – I think Ohio State is going to be good. Don't get me wrong. I just think that we could be overrated them as just easily the second-best team in the sport this year because there were a lot yeah. of games where they were bulletproof last year. Yeah. You may be right on that. Uh, time, time will tell. I just don't know that – Notre Dame's got a good defense. They had a solid defense last year. They were top ten or close to it for scoring D. Um, and I think they'll, they'll be, be close to that again. My my question, though, is offensive firepower. Are, are they going to be able to keep up uh, with Ohio State? Because they're going to score. Who is is, yeah. is Cone? Is that is he going to be their yeah, quarterback we gotta, this year? We're running up against it. we got to hit a break. But, yeah, we'll, we'll hit that real quick on the other no. side. All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. Final segment is next. Final segment of The Rush, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lamy, closing it up on this Thursday. Hey, uh, quick recruiting update. After the Kale Gundy resignation, there was the immediate thought of how is this going to affect recruiting. Well, you heard Parker, you know, say on the show or say on the station that, well, watch out for Jaquay's pet away. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen, but if anything does happen immediately, there's one, a four-star wide receiver could decommit. He put out, I think it was uh, last night, ain't going nowhere. Hashtag Boomer Sooner. So the guy that you might initially have been worried about, he's all good. He's set. So good news on that front. That is good news. Another fun day. The text line was on it as always. We appreciate you guys. You drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Thank you to Pacifico. Everyone go out, have a cold one. That's it for us. We're out of here.